and welcome to Getting to Know ACS with Tracy and Jasmine. So today we're going to talk about a subject that people don't like to talk about, but it is something that needs to be talked about. So today we're going to be talking about domestic violence, and we have with us one of our victim advocates. Her name is Brittany, and she's going to tell us what exactly victim advocacy is. So Brittany, do you want to give us a little spill of what a victim advocate does, just kind of like in a nutshell? Okay, um, so victim advocacy, what we do is information and referral. So say for instance, we have an incident on Fort Bliss where um, there is a suspected domestic violence incident. They will call our hotline, which is 24 hours, um, and we will respond to the hotline. So basically what happens is um, if they want our services, so our services are all voluntarily. So um, if the victim, the alleged victim wants our services, they will call the hotline, we will set up an appointment, and we will discuss um, what happened in the incident, the last current domestic violence incident, and then we will offer them information referral and then also resources. Um, if it's an unrestricted case, then it will um, lead to an investigation and more steps will be taken. But if it's restricted, it will stay within us and we will um, still get them the help that they need. Okay. Can you go into a little more about what a restricted case is versus an unrestricted case. Okay, so unrestricted case, it means that it leads to an investigation. So that um, the chain of command is involved, um, legal is sometimes involved, CPS is involved, um, and then they also it's also an evaluation, um, and then also treatment. So if the offender, it goes to an IDC board, um, so basically at the IDC board, a caseworker will present the facts of the case, um, from both individuals, um, the alleged offender and also the alleged victim, and um, they will decide if it meets criteria for domestic violence. If it meets criteria for domestic violence, the command is responsible for giving the offender um, the consequence or the punishment, I guess you would say. And then also they will be able to get treatment at FAP Clinical. If it is restricted, restricted means that it just stays within um, the victim advocate, it's, conf it's confidential. So they will still be able to get treatment and evaluations, but it doesn't lead to an investigation. It can only be restricted if the command is not aware of the situation, if um, no children were involved or present um, during the time of the incident, and if there's no immediate threat to the, uh, uh, the alleged victim. Okay. So you said IDC. So just so everybody is c clear on what IDC is, that's the Incident Decision Committee? Yes. And that is um, chaired by... FAP Clinical? So, yes, yeah, so FAP Clinical and then, of course, uh, the FAP, uh, our FAP manager, so the ACS FAP manager. Okay, so just so everybody's clear. And then you mentioned about um, people who couldn't have a restricted where if children are involved. Right. Would that include somebody who's pregnant? Because uh, the child isn't actually there, so is can they have a restricted report? No, they cannot. <laughs> uh, we haven't had a lot of incidents where, uh, but it is immediate threat to the child as well. So okay. um, even if it's unborn, it is immediate threat. So that means that they cannot have an unrestricted, uh, a restricted report. Okay. Sorry. So with the restricted and unrestricted, either way it goes, they get advocacy services. Right. So, exactly. So you guys are going to be there. So walk me through what you would do. You know, say I'm a victim okay. and I come to you. So what kind of resources are you going to give me? Or what, you know, what are you going to talk to me about? What are you going to tell me? 
So first we will do a safety plan just to make sure that you are not in any danger or you're not around the alleged offender. Um, say for instance, your, your spouse is um, a soldier, a E4. Um, so we will call the command to see if we can get a, a, a MPO. If if it is What's um, an MPO? Um, a military <laughs> sorry a military protective order. Okay. So uh, normally the command will do a 72 hour cool down. Um, we can ask to extend that as well if um, if you're going to do an investigation. If it's restricted, of course we can't get the command involved. Um, so we will just do a safety plan. If you need to get to a shelter, we will will assist you with getting to a shelter as well. Um, so if you are a victim and you call the hotline and you say, hey, I'm a, a victim of domestic violence and I want to open a unrestricted reporting case. I want to report this incident. Mm -hmm. So we will schedule an appointment with you or you can do it. Well, right now, since COVID, we're not doing walk-in, so we will have to schedule an appointment. So you, we will schedule an appointment with you and then um, we will do a safety plan. You will also sign a consent form because, of course, we, you have to give us consent to release your information. Okay. Um, and then we will sign reporting options. So basically that's stating that you want an unrestricted report or a restricted report. After that, we will make sure you have all your resources. We'll give you a resource guide. We'll give you a, um, a, a notebook so you can, um, yes, that resource guide right there. <laughs> we'll give you, and it has everything in it. Sorry. It has everything in it from uh, chaplain services. Um, it has all post services, El Paso PD. They also have victim advocates. Um, it has, if you want, need a protective order outside of um, Fort Bliss and outside of the command, it has the, those numbers in it. It has all the shelters listed in there, food banks, junior enlisted. It has all, all the services you would need at Fort Bliss in El Paso. So we will give you that resource guide. We will also give you a book. So. Sometimes the investigation can be a long process and you talk to multiple people. So we ask that you write down everybody that you've talked to, um, the conversations that you had, um, any incidents that you've had with your partner since the um, abuse started, because that will, you will need that evidence once you uh, talk to the FAP clinical caseworker. Um, and then from there, we'll just, you know, do checkup calls on you, make sure we're also accompanied through court. So if you have to go to court for, um, let's say if you have to go to court for a protective order or you have to go to court for divorce, we will also accompany you during that court times as well. Okay. okay. And I want to ask, so let's say somebody comes and they want a restricted case because they're not, you know, they're not comfortable with the services. They're not sure what they're going to do. And then later they come and they're just like, can they switch from restricted to unrestricted? Yes, they can switch from restricted to unrestricted, um, but they cannot switch from unrestricted to restricted. So once you do restrict it, it goes, straight to the command, it goes straight to fat clinical, it goes straight to an investigation. They cannot pull back on that. Cause on the unrestricted, right? On the unrestricted. Okay, okay. But they can, if they come in and they're not ready to um, to do a re uh, unrestricted and they're not ready to report, they can do a restricted and we can provide them still services, victim advocacy services, and then maybe next week or a week uh, another incident happens and they say, okay, I'm ready to do unrestricted. It can definitely go from restricted to unrestricted, but it cannot go from unrestricted to restricted. Because it's kind of like you let everything out the, out exactly. the bag. So let the cat as, out the bag. Is right, exactly. So as soon as they come in and they do an unrestricted report, that same day, we have within 72 hours to report that into the system and to get it over to FAT Clinical. So within that 72 hours, if you, normally I do it within 24 hours because obviously if it's unrestricted, it's, you want it to be reported as soon as possible. So um, yeah, it's no turning back. It's all back. about the safety of that exactly. alleged victim. Exactly. Right. So when, so 
you're mentioning flat fap clinical yes and then acs fap so can you tell us a little bit what the difference is between clinical right fap and when i'm saying fap i remember you guys <laughs> remind me about my acronyms <laughs> fap is family advocacy program yes. okay so you have the clinical side of family advocacy right. program and then you have acs side of family advocacy right. program so can you give our audience a little different with the differences between clinical family advocacy and acs family advocacy okay so clinical uh, family advocacy program is they do evaluation and treatment. So they have social workers over there, they do counseling. Um, and then our part, the ACS Family Advocacy Program, we are not social workers, well, some of them, us are, but we are not counselors. Right. So we cannot counsel you. Um, all, all we do is offer information and referral um, and then resources. So we cannot, you come to us and you tell us, hey, what do I do about this? We cannot, we can uh, give you suggestions, but we cannot counsel you and to tell you what to what you need to do about this situation we can give you resources to help you but we um we do not counsel people okay so like fap clinical could actually say hey you need to be enrolled in you know anger management or right. you need to be enrolled yes. in uh couples communication or whatever right they can mandate that yes only if they're a soldier only so, because, yeah, of course, they can't make exactly. Their... They can. They cannot make a civilian do anything. Okay. Um, right. If they are soldier, FAP clinical can mandate them to be in these classes. Right. Um, ACS FAP. We cannot. A, we can't mandate right. anybody soldier or civilian. Right. We can give you the resources, but we cannot mandate you to do anything. Okay. So basically, FAP clinical is intervention. Exactly. And ACS FAP is it's prevention. Is prevention and education. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. So when we're talking about domestic violence, is it always um, male on female or can it also be same sex? You know, is it, do you always have just cases that are purely heterosexual cases mm -hmm. or are there incidents where you have same sex domestic violence? Um, yes, so we've had cases where it's been same sex, um, female and female, male and male. Um, we've also had cases where it's been female is the offender and male is the um, the victim, alleged victim. Um, but of course, people think the majority is um, fem the the female is the victim, and then the male is the um, is the aggressor or the perpetrator. Um, but that is not always the case. Um, we also have a lot of financial abuse in the military. Um, we and it mostly you would think that it's women, but it's mostly the men. So it's mostly me, the male soldiers coming and saying, "Hey, my wife is is taking all my money," right, or right. they oh, they wow. only have they only give me access to twenty dollars a week. <laughs> yeah, so we've had we've had incidents like that. So it's not just um, male on female. So it's not always. So get, let's make that clear then that that it's not always. Right the male who is the abuser exactly it can also be a female, female. who is abusing the right. male or it can be same sex as same well. sex mm -hmm. as well right so what types you know you mentioned yes. financial mm -hmm. so what types of abuse because i feel like people call me and they're just like they tell me and then they're like well it's not physical and i'm like no guys like there's more exactly and i get excited because it's like <laughs> i didn't know that before i started working mm -hmm. and then when i found out i was like what right so, so it's um it's it's financial it's physical it's emotional 
Um, let's see, what other types of abuse that we have? Um, spiritual? So, yeah, spiritual. I've seen a lot of, like, gaslighting. Um, oh, wow. Can yeah. you explain gaslighting? Explain so gaslighting that. is when they basically go back and forth. Oh, I want you. No, I don't want you. Or I want you. No, I don't want okay. you. Or um, let's do this. No, I don't want to do that. So it's basically like like playing with your emotions. So they get you to where, oh, like, and it happens a lot in abuse. So they, they might hit you and then they bring you flowers the next day and say, oh, well, I didn't mean to hit you. I love you so much. That's just, that's just showing you how I love you. Yeah. So then they think it's normal because they're going back and forth with you and they're playing with your emotions. So, so could gaslighting also be a situation where they're playing um, kind of like um, psychological? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you say something. It's like, oh, no. I didn't say that or right. or you know what you really did tell me to do this mm -hmm. and it's like no I didn't tell you right. but they they mess with you kind of like mm -hmm. psychologically so that you think you you start to question your own your own decision right in your own judgments mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so that's um I know Jasmine said she was excited, but not <laughs> well, excited. The, just the subject, right? The subject right. is because there's so much that people don't know exactly. that it's it's good to learn. So that's yeah. what I mean by excited oh, because we're, I've learned we're here the to most. Educate, so right, yeah. and I've learned the most with domestic violence because mm -hmm. I'm just like, wait. So Jasmine, since you said you you know since you did learn a lot with domestic violence, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you learned, and maybe Brittany can elaborate on it. But some of the things that you weren't aware of when you started working with ACS, some things that you became aware of when it comes to domestic violence. Uh, so the biggest one was that there was um, different types of abuse because I had always determined it was just physical. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody hit you, that's abuse. Right. But then like there's the emotional side or mm -hmm. like controlling, but then exactly. the signs that you see before and you're just like, oh, I saw that, but I didn't think that was abuse. Right. Which is, you know, pretty insane because it's just like, and then once you realize that you're just like, oh, I right, see. okay. Yeah, the most common in the military is the control because they might separate you from your family. They might tell you, oh, well, you can only talk to your family, you know, on this day. But then or, you're already separated from your family. Right, PCS, exactly. Right? So the only forms of communication that most people have with their family is mm. the phone. They might take your phone or they might take your ID card and say, oh, you don't need to go on post without me. Um, so why do you need your ID card? Or um, we see a lot of, um, like I said, they, they take the money or they take the car or they don't want you to have a job. So they're the main oh, provider. Mm -hmm. So if you want to leave them, you can't because you don't have finances to leave them because they don't want you to have a job. Um, or they're in charge of all of your medical, um, your medical, they want the doctor to talk straightly, straightly to them. We had one case where they wanted, um, the husband wanted the doctor to uh, talk directly to to them to to him and not his wife so um okay, so okay. yeah so it's a lot of and then of course you also have to think about culture because we have so we're, the army is so diverse right. so their culture it might be you know it might be acceptable in their culture but here it might not be so we have to we have to kind of just um could I discern guess, between yeah, whether it's exactly whether, whether it's, it's, it's a cultural, cultural thing, thing or is, is it abuse right. and controlling okay, behavior okay. so and then, like, so when you're talking about, like, emotional abuse, those signs and things where somebody is maybe saying, you know, you don't look good or, mm -hmm. or that type of thing. So what are some emotional things that people, type of emotional abuse that people will right. use to control? Because it's basically mm -hmm. coming down to control, to control their 
their uh, victims? So emotional abuse is the hardest one to um, to prove. Um, a lot of people show text messages saying that you know their their spouse is saying, oh, you know. Um, I don't like you when you do this, or if you didn't do this, then I wouldn't do this, or you're always nagging, and I, you know, I hate coming home to you, or um, that's a form of emotional abuse, um, just basically downgrading you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the hardest to to prove. Right. So, yeah. And then could could calling somebody out their name on a consistent basis yeah. that would be considered would that be considered emotional yes. abuse as well? Yes, it would. So. So it's interesting, you know, the dynamics that you get into mm-hmm. when you're looking at um, people who are abusers or people who are the victims. Does it, you know, can you, I hate to use the word, but can you stereotype? It's like, okay, this type of person is going to be an abuser or does it go across all lines? It goes um, across all lines. Um, we And we, um, a lot of people think that we decide who the victim and who, if they, if, if, if a person comes to us and they say, hey, I've been abused, we have to take their word for it. Uh, we're not the ones that decide if they've been abused right, or not. Right. That's fat, That's flat fat clinical, um, the clinical side. Um, we have to take their word for it. So we, we have to, as long as they meet the qualifications that they're a dependent, um, retiree, uh, active duty, or they're on, um, with National Guard, they're on Title 13 orders, then we have to, we have to accept their, we have to uh, give them services. Um, we might have people where we think, oh, they're not the victim. We clearly <laughs> see that their their spouse is the victim, but we can't say that. We have to help them. And and then also, if we have a client that comes in and it's say it's the uh, male client and he states that he's the victim, and then the female states that she's the victim, um, or the same sex uh, partner states that they're both the victims, we have to help them both. But a different victim advocate would be assigned to them, so it's not conflict of interest. Right, right. Okay, so they'll they'll each see a different victim advocate. And in in those instances, what's it called when you have both people that are, you know, where they're both found to be the It's abusers? called mutual uh, combat. Okay, mutual combat. Oh, yeah, so mutual uh, mutual offender, mutual vi- victim. Okay, so th- that's good information. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that we have a domestic violence hotline. Yes. And it's available 24 hours a day. Yes. 365 days a year, right? Yes. Um, and that number, Jasmine, do you? That number oh. is 915-269-2013. Yay, because, yeah. again, <laughs> I don't know any numbers. And it's good to clarify because I feel like a lot of people call me and I'm like, all right, call this number. And they think mm-hmm. it's like a 1-800 number. And I'm like, no, somebody is literally on that line that'll help you. Right. And then... I feel so bad because sometimes they're like, well, what do I do? And I'm just like, you do not want to ask me these questions, right? Because I'm, I'm. Right. And if we don't answer, it's only one person on the hotline. So if we don't answer, that means that we're either on the hotline with someone else. Um, That's the only reason. We're on the hotline with someone else. Somebody should always answer. So if we don't answer right away, we have 20 minutes to uh, respond to your call. So we will call you back. So leave a message or we will see the missed call. Yes. And when we call you back, we don't say, hey, we're a victim advocate because it could be your spouse who is the uh, offender that's answering your phone. Mm -hmm. Um, Going back to that control. Exactly. Exactly. So normally we just say, you know, hey, did somebody call this number? Right. So. Right. Oh, I did not know that. Right. We don't state that we're victims. I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because like, we, <laughs> right, we can be putting you in more danger mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that right. way. So we we always err on the side of caution. And you guys, um, with ACS. 
family advocacy, you only deal with adult victims of abuse. Is that correct? Yes, we do not deal with child abuse. Okay. So, so according to 608-18. Um, Our Bible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, um, you are considered a victim of domestic violence if you share a child with, uh, with the alleged offender. Um, if you are living with the alleged offender 30 days or more. If it's 30 days or less, that's not us. That's assault or whatever the Army wants to call it. <laughs> um, and also, if you are a former spouse. So someone who, so if someone is divorced. Right. And say my ex mm -hmm. comes and they abuse me. Right. And they're in the military. Then mm -hmm. they can be charged with domestic violence, even right. though we're no longer married. Exactly. Okay. And then you see at the child, if they have a child in common. Right. If they have a child in common. So, so baby mamas, baby daddies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so they didn't have to ever have been married at right. any point. Okay. Yes. So that's good information. And then, um, like I said, so we're only, FAP only does adults mm -hmm. or, or, you know. And we also do sexual abuse, but only if it's with your spouse. Okay. If it's not with your spouse, then that will be sharp. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. I didn't mm -hmm. think See, about you that. You learn something new every time. <laughs> every time. So <laughs> that's why we're getting to know ACS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if they are having sexual is someone if their um spouse is sexually assaulting them right. then it comes to you guys exactly if it's someone other than their spouse is sexually assaulting them that goes to sharp exactly okay and sharp is the sexual harassment assault i don't, even, I don't know the acronym yes, for that prevention but yeah prevention <laughs> um so you brought up a good point though when you're married you know you can be sexually assaulted right. by your partner yes mm -hmm. because regardless of what your situation is no means no right right so just because you're married that doesn't give you a free pass exactly okay so people pay attention to that right and i know um years ago there was a case where um a victim kept very detailed uh records of when her spouse was sexually assaulting her and they actually yes, met and, criteria. Yes, and it goes to CID. So that is, it's, yeah, it, it goes to CID. So that is a charge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I have a question. So I notice um, the kind of a trend is people that are going through domestic violence situations kind of confide in somebody that they're close to, whether it's a friend or military spouse that mm -hmm. they have become right. close to. But then that military spouse that they confide in is just like, what do I do? So what are some tips that they could do mm -hmm. maybe, you know, to like inspire them to seek help or can they report it or? So they cannot report it to us. Um, right. Like I said, our services are voluntary. So my advice would just be to give them the hotline number. We have a lot of calls where like the dad will call from New York and he'll say my husband, my um, daughter is being abused by her spouse um, at, at Fort Bliss. Well, sir, you have to tell your daughter to call us. Um, because of HIPAA and everything else, we mm -hmm. cannot get involved unless they want us to get involved. Okay. Um, so they will have to call us di directly. Um, so I would just say refer them to, to call, I mean, encourage them to call our hotline. Okay, basically. okay. So really the best resource for them, for people who are calling on behalf of someone else, mm -hmm. is to basically just make sure that they have the resources 
So right. when they are ready to actually report it, Mm-hmm. that they know where to report or like you said make sure they have that hotline number right so that you guys can give them the resources because i know it's very you know a lot of times people um make assumptions mm-hmm. about uh victims and they're right. like oh you're not leaving the situation so you must right. enjoy being in the situation right and that's not the case what no. usually what makes victims stay why do victims usually stay in that domestic violence it's multiple reasons, finances, um, comfortability. I mean, they've been with that person for 20 years. Um, they kind of get used to it. Um, not really used to it, but they get but used to it. But it's their norm. It's their norm. Um, and then also they might have animals that they don't want to leave and go to the shelter. They might not have family that they can go back home to. That I see that's a big one because their, their spouse has separated from the, separated them from their family so much to only rely on the on the spouse so it's like i only have my husband to rely on i only have my wife to rely on mm-hmm. um a big one with males is they they they're embarrassed because they might have a wife that's like five you know a hundred five two jasmine hundred, size yeah jasmine size <laughs> and they they're they're you know they're like six feet and they're like oh well you know this little girl is beating up on me or um, or, <laughs> or they, you know, they they love their family. They love their spouse. Right, they don't right. want to. They don't want to mess up um, not seeing their kids because what's the main thing that happens is, you know, they take their kids away. Or, right. You know, right. so they don't want to jeopardize that. Um, and I think so that's a, a lot of a good reasons. point to bring out. You know, that although the focus seems to usually. Um, be on the female Mm -hmm. that there are males who are victims of abuse and the reasons that they stay is because it's embarrassing right Mm -hmm. and then you know people will make fun of them Mm -hmm. for being abused and then if they hit their spouse back then who goes then who goes to jail and who gets in trouble exactly so So, yeah and then even with um same-sex situations Mm -hmm. it's like oh you're gonna let this dude you know you didn't protect yourself or whatever the case may be So I think there's probably more mm-hmm. men who are abused than what the numbers actually exactly. show. Because, and and I'll just say, because for statistics-wise, right. one in every five females will be um, mm-hmm. abused, and, and then one, one in seven right. men. Right. And so that number for men is probably a lot lower just because of, a men lot of don't, don't report. Men don't report right. as often. And even when we do briefings, we ask how many men will report it, and it's maybe like two. In the whole room of men, only two people will probably report it. But do they even have anywhere to go? Because, like, there's shelters for... Exactly. So the nearest male shelter for domestic violence is Dallas from here. So Dallas is a long ways from here. Um, the, if they want for shelter, right for men, um, if they want shelter, they would have to utilize like the homeless shelter at Fort and Fort um, in El Paso, or um, they'll have to stay with a friend, or you know, talk to their command to see if they can put them in the barracks. But it's not a lot of, not a lot of um, shelters for men that are are for men that specifically for men who have been abused, right? Have been abused, and that's something that the closest one to El Paso is in Dallas. Yes. So, yeah. you know, yeah, and, so. and if you don't, I guess if you don't have any other options, then, yeah, I'll go to the homeless shelter. Right. But they don't, men don't have the same resources right. as women. And I think that's something, you know, getting political, that's something that legislation would right. have to change mm-hmm. to make it easier for men to report right. that they're being abused. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. 
And another thing is we don't deal with non-support. So if you separate from your spouse and you, um, <laughs> we get a lot of calls about that. So if you separate from your spouse and you're looking for the BAH, we do not deal with that. You need to call IG. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. so your services that you offer are kind of limited to specifically the abuse side. Right. So if you're not getting, you know, if they're not supporting you, if they're not putting food in the house, you know, and you're separated from them, that's a whole different right. thing that they now, need to go through. Now, if you call the hotline, we will you're gonna give help. you, we're going to help you. We're going to give you the resources, but, um, right. yeah, but we don't, we get a lot of calls about BAH and we don't deal with that. Okay. And then, um, last thing for child abuse, because we don't deal with child abuse yes. at family, at ACS family advocacy. Right. right. So if there are issues for child abuse where somebody is concerned about a child mm -hmm. being abused then they would go to so they will uh they will contact cps okay and then they will also contact fat clinical um so you everybody in texas is a mandated reporter yeah. for child abuse if you see it report it because if you don't and they know you're going to get in trouble right so. you can be charged <laughs> yes you can be charged so um you will report it to cps or okay. fat clinical and i'm gonna give the cps um the child abuse hotline number right. and that's 1-800-252-5400 yes so that if any cases of child abuse or suspected child abuse call that number mm -hmm. yes. and then call if you're in um el paso and you see it you're going to call the el paso police department if you're on post and you see it, you want to call the MPs. MPs right. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and one more thing. We mm -hmm. do not deal with adultery as well. Because uh, <laughs> that's not we, Yes. We do, we do not deal with adultery. That's either the command or IG, I think. But that's not us. Right. So if I know my spouse is cheating on me, I can't call you and say, hey. <laughs> Right. Come get you, come get this person. Right. You cannot open a case for adultery because we do not deal with that. Okay. <laughs> but right. I can give you numbers to influx. Okay. If you yes. need to talk about it, right? Like yes. Because yes. people get angry and you you just need to release that anger. Yes. Yes. So yes, yeah. We have multiple resources that we can give you. So yes. if you if you feel like you have nowhere to go, you can definitely call our hotline and we will get you where you need to go. Yes. Right. Yes. Again, right. with with ACS, you know. We're, yes. We're there. Yes. You know, Prevention we, and education. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. So we're going to get you where you, even if it's not us, we're going to find out. And Jasmine has the, the, that, that she gets all the calls. Oh, yes. So I, like, yes. <laughs> just call my line again at 915-568-9129 and I can direct you to where you need to go. I will find where you need to go. <laughs> right. So. And Jasmine's I just, really good about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to make sure we give that hotline number again. Um, for the domestic violence hotline, if uh, they're in a situation and it's 24 hours a day, that's 915-269-2013. And that's the number that they can call for domestic violence. And if you're not in Texas or here at Fort Bliss, then um, you can Google your domestic <laughs> violence hotline. Yes, you can go uh, on MWR has the whole list. Um, oh, okay. Yes, so you can go, M anybody's MWR, they will have the domestic violence hotline. So if you're at, say for instance, you're at Fort Stewart, you can go MWR Fort Stewart and it will list the FAB advocacy program and they will list the um, okay. the hotline number. So 
But yes, you use can Google our it. Parent company, <laughs> our, our parent organization, MWR. Yes. And they can get that number mm-hmm. for you. So if you're right. not a, if you're not listening um, here at Fort Bliss, there is victim advocates. Victim advocates are at all installations because I know some yes. ACSs don't have some of the programs that we do, but victim yes. advocates are at every installation. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's all about keeping. Oh, and you were mentioning. I think you said it, but it doesn't matter if you are the spouse, if you are a civilian or if you're a soldier who is the victim, either one can come to you. Yes. Right. right. Okay. All right. Do you have any more questions? I Uh, do not have any more questions. Any, any last words you want to give us, Brittany, about domestic violence? Um, no, I think, I think we covered everything. Okay, cool. But if you have any questions, hit our hotline. Hit your hotline and... (laughs) Yes. Okay. Be like a Drake. Hit that hotline number. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I had to make light. I, it, this is a serious subject. Right. But, yes. you know, we don't have to be so serious. But I just want to say, you know, thank you yes. for coming and giving us the information. Um, again, this is an, a, a very important topic that people find uncomfortable mm-hmm. to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you see someone or it's you that is in a domestic violence situation, make sure you're getting the help you need because that resource could potentially save somebody's life. Exactly. So we would rather, you know, err on the side of life than, you know, oh, I'm gonna turn and look away and not get that person help. Mm -hmm. So even if that person's not ready to leave, at least give them resources. And like they said, uh, like Brittany was mentioning, they can come in and do a restricted report and mm-hmm. at least come up with a safe plan. Exactly. So when they are ready to leave, that they can leave. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's no judgment. We don't judge. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a victim will normally go back uh, six to eight times before they actually leave. Um, wow. Yeah. So we, it's no judgment. If you decide to go back to your partner, at least, like Tracy said, at least we'll have a safety plan in place so you can get out of that situation when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So with that being said, again, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Brittany, for being here with us today. Um, Thanks for listening to Getting to Know ACS with Tracy. And Jasmine. And don't forget to subscribe and click on that bell notification. That's right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.